Never heard of the Millennium Fault? Should I have? It's a ship that made the Kepler run less than 12 parsecs. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Castle Run Weekly. I say welcome back as if we were here last week, but it has been like three weeks since I've given you guys a main channel episode, so I'm so sorry about that. But I am done with school for the quarter, so I have a month to make up episodes um, and be able to get back in it. So that's going to be fun. But I am joined today by Joe and Connor. Say hi, Joe. Hi. Say hi, Connor. Um, So they are both joining me because we are all super hype on The Mandalorian. Um, We're going to be talking these first four episodes, and I'm very excited. Before we get started in the episodes, Connor, what has been your favorite... You know what? What's been your favorite Baby Yoda moment of these four episodes? Uh... When he was on the Razor Crest, flying around, debuting Disney's newest uh, theme park attraction, that was definitely my favorite part. Yes, oh, ideal. God. Joe, what was your favorite Baby Yoda moment? Oh God, you know he's been like he's he keeps developing, and I love how he got a little mischievous with the eggs. Like that was like oh my gosh. So like he's really like. Even though we still know he's on the good side, we also know that he's a little, uh, slightly chaotic. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's totally fair. Um, My favorite Baby Yoda moment was, oh god, okay, when um, he's in the speeder bike, and he is, like, his ears are flapping, and he's really excited, like a dog sticking its head out the window. (laughs) (laughs) I liked it in the first season when he did that, too. Yeah, it's uh, my favorite. With the IG droid. Oh, that was amazing. It's the best. Um, okay, so <laughs> let me pull up my tabs. We love open tabs so that I have proper information. Um, we are jumping right into episode nine. We are going to get started with a character card, I guess, um, with Gore Koresh. So before I talk about Gore Koresh, I want to know your thoughts on them. Joe, how did you feel about the character? Um, did you like him? What did you, what's your, what's your history with him? How do you feel? I just want, I want to make sure I have the right character in mind. Was Gore Koresh the, um, the Cyclops alien? Yes. Okay. I'm just making sure. Um, that was a very interesting moment. I, I don't know too terribly much about the character's background but just seeing the way that that scene went down and how uh, how Mando um, you know still pertained to his um, I don't know how to say it like to his regular character yeah and you know still being like still having some anti-hero qualities it's really funny yeah but they're not funny but you know it's 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 cool and it's gritty you know, and that's what I like about Mandalorian is that that overall tone. I was going to say, no, I get what you mean, because it it sets the stage for him as we know him. Connor, how do you feel about Gore Koresh? Yeah, that's exactly 
That's exactly what I was going to say. Um, it sets the stage. You know, you think back to season one. You know, the opening shot is Mando walking into a bar, and he's and he's going in for a bounty, and then things go a little bit sideways, and he comes out of it. Mm-hmm. Season two starts the same way. You know, he's walking into this arena, he's trying to pull off this deal with with Gore Koresh, and, yeah. and you know, it goes sideways. Um, except now, you know, Mando's a lot different in season two than he is in season one because season one it was like, all right, you know. They very simply take you in, bring you in warm, bring you in cold. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I'm just here to do a job. Yeah, yeah. Dude, he's kind of like, hey, I got to take care of this baby. I'm going to also kick some tail. But, uh, you know, it was, it was very interesting to see sort of those two seasons uh, rhyme almost like poetry. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about the the variation in Mando in this episode specifically. It, it hit me later on in the in these four episodes, but I hadn't thought about it like, Right off the bat. So that's such a good observation. Um, Gore Koresh info that I have. This is on Wikipedia. Anybody can find it. But he was a male Abyssin. Um, and obviously he encountered Din Djarin and the child. Um, it says that he f- um, was interested in the Beskar. And I... So here's basically my question for you guys. Is do you think that anybody... <laughs> that the Mando encounters that's like sketchy in any way is literally only using him for the Beskar or do you think we're going to overcome that issue and not have that happen literally every time he meets someone new? Connor, what do you think? No, I think the Beskar is a really good way for an average sort of citizen in the galaxy to care about Mando or <laughs> to sort of want more from him. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing. Like, Gore Koresh has no idea about the child, right? Has no idea that he's wanted by all sorts of people. Uh, and so, but Gorkresh does know, hey, this guy's wearing a lot of best card and that's worth a lot of money. So, um, it, you know, I think we'll continue to see this theme of sort of like, hey, anytime Mando ends up in a situation, if it's the Imperials after him, they're going to be after the child. Mm-hmm. Or if it's just regular people after him, it'll be, hey, they want something from the ship, they want his best car, they want him to kill something, mm-hmm. you know, which is... How every episode's been like, hey, you know, we'll we'll advance the plot, but first, <laughs> yeah, um, so, <laughs> yeah, that's funny, Joe. Uh, what do you think? Agree? Disagree? No, I agree with that too. And in my, and I mean, um, I think it's pretty obvious that Mando's Beskar armor is definitely something that establishes him as a key figure, as far as like just your average bounty hunter yeah like he sticks out he sticks out and that stuff is basically the vi- uh, almost almost the vibranium of uh, the star yeah. wars of, of, at least of the mandalorian yeah but, no that's such a good point yeah and you know just the fact that it's worth so much money he's definitely he has a reason to be a target so i like how the best car plays in i think it will continue to that will always you know be some kind of a low-key factor but i but maybe with uh, plot development and Mock Gideon coming in, maybe it'll be a little different. But yeah. we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, so basically we and I'm trying I'm gonna try not to go over every like little detail of the episodes because if everybody's listening, they've probably seen them because they don't want a spoiler. Um, so they obviously have their little bout with in the fighting area, and then when Mando hangs him up by his feet. He says, I swear by the Gautra, which isn't it, and correct me if I'm wrong, isn't the Gautra a droid thing? 
Like, isn't that like the head of the droids or something? Am I wrong? You Am I me. crazy? You got me on that. I can't. I can't recall. And like, maybe it's something else. Maybe there's multiple Gatra. But I was just curious if you guys thought it was weird that he like swore by like a droid thing. No, because I thought it was all weird. their own. Uh their own gods that they worship who knows knows? yeah and also that yeah like how serious was that why why would that mean anything to him you know um yeah so the gotra was a droid group that supported droid rights uh (laughs) they yeah they were they had grievances against the galactic empire for being abandoned after their service in the clone wars uh, and they were confined to an industrial complex in Coruscant. So, um, interesting. Yeah, that's totally so fascinating strange. That, he would, that he would reference that. Yeah, it's so weird. He's not a droid, is he? <laughs> Plot yeah. twist. Not a cyclops it's at all. Sorry. Go on. Huh? No, go ahead. Super interesting to think about, like the power dynamics, right? Because you know, Gorkoresh is swearing on a, a droid sort of rights group in in on Coruscant but you know, obviously he's not like and and yeah it's just it's interesting to think like okay here's how all these different factions sort of align you know yeah like, when you think back to when you think back to like Clone Wars and all the all the really interesting factions that existed within Clone Wars you know you got like the Pike Syndicate right or you know or the you know the group that that um, you know Kira went and, and, mm-hmm. and ran with it's it's fascinating to see to think like okay well here's how all of these things are going to line up uh, or maybe not line up like we'll see yeah I do yeah I do maybe wonder if that's up. where he happened to fall into it it yeah because I guess that's me just being like very specific about like why would you worship a droid he has every right to worship whatever he wants but it was just weird um, <laughs> also do we know what creatures I couldn't I tried to google this so maybe i'm just bad at googling but the creatures that tr- that ate him in the end he's hanging upside down are and like my brain immediately went to those weird bat things that we've seen in like rebels that crawl as well and um they can't go into the sunlight but i don't remember what they're called and i couldn't google like what creature ate gore crush in the mandalorian <laughs> wikipedia says uh Gonna, it literally says unidentified red-eyed quadruped. Of course. So, <laughs> of so course. Got that, uh, first of all, you might be a doctor, um, <laughs> but second of all, I don't think that that would have been the first thing to come up. So. Okay, great. Yeah, true. Um, I guess I, I guess I'm on Wikipedia duty. You know, just <laughs> continually gonna focus to those things. But yeah, that's like fair. <laughs> yeah it's helpful i can only have so many tabs open so i had to pick specific things that i wanted to focus on because whenever i have too many tabs open whereby gets all crazy um and even now like our cameras are behind based on me having these tabs open so as i close them whereby gets faster it's ridiculous <laughs> so i can't have all of the things that i wanted to look up open it's annoying um so the real meat of episode nine is uh the Tuscan sleepover. Just kidding. But I do love that part. That's probably my favorite part is when he's just like hanging out with the Tuscans at the fire. Um, he goes to Mos Pelgo because he is told that there's a Mandalorian there. And we find out that that's not true. Um, what was 
Joe, what was your reaction when you saw the Boba Fett armor not on Boba Fett? <laughs> I looked at the armor and I was just like, that's Boba Fett's armor, but it's not Boba Fett. And mm-hmm. like I I looked like gazingly for the first two shots. I was just like, it's definitely not his posture. But no. We're gonna see we're gonna see how who speaks from the helmet and then Whenever he takes it off and it turns out to be Timothy Oliphant, I was pretty psyched about that. He's a good actor. <laughs> he is good a good actor. actor. He's awesome. Connor, what was your reaction? What were your thoughts? Yeah, I I was hyped to see the armor and then did sort of a double take. Because mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like, ah, oh, that's not that. That's not that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's not him. So I was like, yeah, he survived. And then I was like, wait, no, I guess he's dead. And then it's... Yeah. And the Marshall's his own like interesting character. Um, yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's just sort of trying to like cut it in in the Star Wars universe, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, but it, it it sort of left me for the entire rest of the episode. Sort of, I was sort of bummed because I was like, wait, you know, I guess Boba Fett's dead. Like that's kind of a bummer. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for me, I thought I started thinking about um, how he got the armor because. I when I first saw him, I was like, "Oh my god!" And then, I, <laughs> and then I obviously also took a step back and was like, "Nah," because it just didn't fit him right, you know. Like it was just like hanging funny, and the, like the red of the hood that he had um, sticking out of the helmet. Was he? Uh, he, looked, he seemed a little taller. Oh, I'll have to look. Yeah, he probably was. To be fair, um, definitely like skinnier too. Um, so, yeah, I basically, I was just kind of like, where, where did he get it? How did he find that? And then, um, who was I watching it with? I might not have been watching it with someone, but whoever I talked to after the episode was like, oh, I bet he got it off Jawas. And, um, I was like, have you even seen it yet? And they were like, no. And I was like, how'd you know that? (laughs) How did you even think that through like that? I didn't even make any sense to me because I also was confused. You know, it's similar to how Maz also ends up with things that she shouldn't have. And they don't explain it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Jawas <laughs> just do that. It's a good story. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you guys both enjoyed Cobb Vanth. Um, so, Connor, tell me, tell me your thoughts and your enjoyment of Cobb Vanth because for me, I had no idea who he was um, in reference to I guess, previous things that we've gotten about him in comics, I believe. Um, or just in general. I thought he was cool, but I, di- I had no like pre-existing knowledge of why he might have been cool. <laughs> yeah, I thought, I thought he was an interesting... I think mean, he was an interesting addition. Um, and, I, and I think that's one of the cool things about The Mandalorian in general, is it, it just brings out all these characters that are... They're not force-wheelers, right? You know? Mm-hmm. Cobb Van was, was completely thrown out of his town and um, and just got armor, right? Which which we, you know, we as viewers are sort of like, oh yeah, everybody's got armor. You know, we've seen, we've, we see the Mando with armor. We see all these other people with armor. And it's such a huge thing for Cobb Van to get this armor because it able, enables them to completely liberate his town and, and sort of get back to the way that they were living before. Yeah. Um, I, I thought that's it's like a, it's like another piece of world building that's just really cool. Yeah, I love that, Joe. Why do you have an affinity for Cobb Vanth slash Timothy? Uh, well, well, 
Oh, Timothy. <laughs> well, um, I really like his Western feel that he brought to the character. And then also, I had seen Timothy Oliphant, and, and which is ironic, he was playing as an actor in um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and he played as a Western character. Oh. So seeing him go to being in. Um, to, like bringing that actual Western feel to a character in Star Wars, that was a cool, cool thing to see. And yeah. then also the fact that, um, you know, the Mandal like him, his story showing that, you know, how big of a difference Mandalorian armor can really be. I thought that was a cool thing to add in. Yeah, that is awesome. I um, when I first saw him, um, or I guess I when I thought about the character on a deeper level, other than being like a marshal of the town and be- having Boba Fett's armor, I was curious to know about um, where he would go from here. I guess where he would go after meeting a real Mandalorian, um, if he's gonna continue like his his journey in most pa- most Palgo, or if he's gonna venture out of there and try and do more, um, since he's kind of seen more, you know? Um, even, like, just defeating the crate Dragon, I feel like that, in and of itself, is something new to his story that he probably was like, I never thought I would defeat this thing. Like, yeah, I'm big buff Marshall guy, but I just thought eventually I, I would either die or <laughs> I would kill it, and it's way bigger than that. You know what I'm saying? Like, Having the the Mando come in really just kind of blurred his vision from all the things he thought he knew. Yeah. Um, Which I guess had already happened to him when everything got taken away from him, so that's sad. (laughs) All right. Yeah, really. Um, So Crate Dragon is also another major part of this. Absolutely Mm. one of the coolest things I've ever seen is their fight with the Crate Dragon and their whole maneuvering. I love that they worked with the Tusken Raiders. Um, I think <laughs> this is going to sound so dumb. No, it won't. It won't sound dumb. I think that <laughs> what concerned me the most is that they literally, I know that the, the townspeople and everybody, they like signed up to be in danger, but they lost a lot of people in that yeah. fight. And the yeah. marshal didn't seem concerned. Well, I can't say that he didn't seem concerned, but he didn't get a moment to seem concerned. Um, and the Tuscans, they are the Mando. The Mandalorian show itself has revealed to us that Tuscans obviously are more than monsters, according to Anakin. So they also didn't get to like mourn their people or their banthas. <laughs> so, uh, Connor, I'd love to know how you felt watching the Crate Dragon fight. What are your thoughts on the losses? Um, and the character development of everybody involved, etc. Yeah, I loved it, loved the whole sequence. Thought mm-hmm. it was awesome. I'm gonna be honest though, I, I really need to pass this one over to Joe to talk about Crate Dragons because okay. I know how much of a Kotor fan he is. And so, oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I thought about you when I was watching, and I was like, "This, I know he's enjoying this." <laughs> oh my god! You know, I remember I remember watching it with my with my little brother, and uh, when he says. Crate Dragon, he and I looked right at each other and we were like, oh, <laughs> we know what that means. And then um, seeing the fight go down, that was so cool. I, the, the dragon did not have the same appearance as the Immensity of the Old Republic, but mm-hmm. it was still cool. I liked the design. And then um, the fact that they found a pearl in it, that's another 
thing that they did in KOTOR. Mm-hmm. Uh, they found a, a crate dragon pearl, and it's apparently a, a powerful object for a lightsaber in the game. So, oh. who knows? Maybe them showing that pearl is going to play into the future of the story. Yeah, I didn't know the thing about the pearl until I googled it after the, the show. Um, yeah. What's the difference visually from the crate dragon in KOTOR to this one? It looked more like a Komodo dragon oh. versus being like a fully submerged underground. Um, I don't even know what you want. Lo- An Alaskan bullworm. Oh, uh, okay. okay. Alaskan okay. bullworm. I love the SpongeBob <laughs> reference. Um, so I'm disappointed because I thought dragon. So I wanted a dragon. <laughs> I know that's so dumb, but I... You wanted it to come out with wings. Yeah! <laughs> I was you like, know, yeah, cave dragon. That's, yeah, yeah, that's fair. And the face, the face was very dragon-like, and that's, I guess, the most important part. Um, yeah. Um, that's really it. The pearl is awesome. I didn't know anything about it until I googled it afterwards. Um, I do wonder if that will come into play in The Mandalorian ever again, or if it's just gonna be, like, new knowledge that we have, and then we'll see it later on in, like, movies or other TV shows. Um, and we got Boba Fett armor, and then we got the end of this. (laughs) So, Connor, I'll give it back to you. How did you feel? Total hype. Uh, yeah, no, total roller coaster from from the beginning where it's like, oh wait, that's Boba's armor, but wait, that's not Boba too. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's you know Timothy Oliphant and or the Marshal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you you sort of go the whole episode thinking, all right, well they, they just did all these awesome things, right, and just like fan serviced in the best way possible with the with the crate dragon pearl and and which, by the way, I don't know how you fit a crate dragon pearl into a lightsaber hilt. Um, <laughs> right. Good point. Break it, maybe. Break a piece of it. <laughs> sure. Like, I, I don't know. All right. Like, I'm sure that's explained somewhere. Very inconvenient for the lightsaber. Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. True. Um, but, then, but then seeing Boba was hype, right? Because it's like, oh, wait, he is alive. Mm-hmm. Wait, what happened? Right now it's like, okay. Okay, there is a story, like another story for an interesting time to figure out either how Bubba got out or how the, you know, how he survived or mm-hmm. how the Jawas got in armor. Uh, and, you know, I just, like, I just want to know. Yeah. Um, and who knows when we'll know. But just like pure story. curiosity. Yeah. Um, it has this extra moment, though, because now it's like, okay, not only is the Empire looking for the Mando, you know, so that, or the, the Empire or the remnants looking for, for mm-hmm. Mando. Now you've got Boba that's that's yeah. following them. They're trying to get his armor. Like so, what's who's going to catch up with them first? Yeah, yeah. Wow. What's going to happen first? I want to know how Boba is following him. Like he's got to be. You know, that's what that moment felt like it meant. So, like, whose ship is he using? Does is he just following him constantly? How in all of these moments where Mando is kind of stuck, you know, and falling apart. On these different planets, why isn't Boba stepping in? Does he not know what he wants to do about him? Is he does he want to like make a friend out of him? I'm so curious to see his motives behind all of it. If he just wants his armor back, or if he's like, I don't want to be a Mandalorian anymore. 
or because we know Bulb has gone through phases, you know. Yeah. Um, I went through this whole thing with my friend who um, has only seen pieces and parts of Star Wars, um, and I think she watched season one of Mandalorian, but she hasn't started season two. And so I was explaining to her all of these episodes and like Boba and the Clone Wars and Rebels and just all four. It was chaotic me trying to explain all of this, but I'm excited. Joe, what are your feelings about Boba and the future in the Mandalorian? Well, first off, seeing him, like whenever I first saw the armor, I was like, oh my gosh, we are probably going to see him in this episode or at least um, later down the road. And then when that shot comes up and you see him staring at the twin sons and then he turns around and I was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously I was like, thank you, John Favreau. Yeah. Keeping him, for keeping him alive. Yeah. Because we need, like the, the fan base needs that character because he's just so mysterious and so cool. He's got like such a cult following. I'm so excited to see what all of them say about it um i also wonder because we see the mando literally like claw his way out of the crate dragon i wonder if that's either like a like a hint about how boba got out or if or if something just happened to the sarlacc and then he got out <laughs> who knows maybe the crate dragon <laughs> can they do that yeah oh okay well maybe that's it okay um we are going to, like, jet through episode 10 really quick. Um, so I'm just going to spew some things. Um, the first thing that I took note of when I rewatched was the jetpack move that he pulled on the weird thing that we saw in Force Awakens, but now we're also seeing it here. I don't know how to describe it. I didn't look up what it was called, <laughs> but I'm assuming it's an alien robot thing. Anyways. Robotic Jawa. <laughs> there you go. Robotic Jawa. Love that. He hands him the jetpack and he's running away and he blows him up in the air and he just falls. I love it. The humor in The Mandalorian is absolutely one of my favorite things ever in Star Wars. I never thought I'd say that, but it's awesome. No, I agree. I um, agree. Then we're back, on Mos- Mac- back at Mos Eisley. I can't use my words. And when he walks into a cantina, I don't think it's the cantina. It's a cantina. It's got... What looks like Saga above the door. I don't know if anybody notices that, but I was really proud that I noticed it. And if you didn't notice it, watch it. Go back and watch that moment. I'm pretty (laughs) sure it says Saga over the door. Um, And then we meet Frog Lady. (laughs) How do you guys feel about Frog Lady? Connor, what are your thoughts? Do you like her? Do you not like her? What's up? She seems like a very nice lady. I feel bad for all of her eggs. Oh, I see where this is going. I, I feel bad for all of her eggs, and and I wish her the best. <laughs> and that's it. Connor's that's... two cents. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I. That's that's about all. I, that's all I have to say about Frog Lady. Sorry. Okay, Joe. How do you feel about Frog Lady? She was a good plot device to get the man to get um, to get Mando to an area where he could continue to, um, you know, unravel his story. And yeah, I thought it was funny. I thought it was, I thought it was the funny addition, but I was also like, you know, what Star Wars is, you know, it's meant to be kind of weird. So you know, I'm not like 
too too shocked by the by the fantasy here, but yeah, I thought she was I thought she was tolerable. <laughs> tolerable, I like that. I like that term. I think no, my sorry. huh? I gotta run. I'm so mad as I sit here and think about it. Who's like, oh, my ship's broken. I know. I'm gonna take a bath. Like, <laughs> like I get it. You're cold. But like, there's a million other things that you could do yeah. in that situation. Like, like try and help out Mando or, or something, right? Don't go and wander off. Yeah, like, I, I can't. I can't watch horror movies because, like, it, they make me mad immediately. You know, That's it's so like, funny. why are you going to the abandoned cemetery? Like, well, you know, you know what's going to happen. Yeah, you know, this isn't a good time like, or place. Well, go into this, like, it's a spa just for me. Like, get out of here. <laughs> it is interesting that she did that, especially after rewiring a whole robot. You know, and being like, hey, guess what? I'm smart and I can talk through this thing and you're not listening to me and I care about my babies. And then she's just like, okay, bye. <laughs> I thought it was impressive that she used the vocabulator. So. Yeah, it is impressive. I was impressed. <laughs> <That's> impressive. Uh, <laughs> it makes me even madder when I think about it. Like, like, she obviously has some amount of technical skill and it's just like, all right, peace out. Yeah. yeah, good luck. Okay. <laughs> Hope everything's fine. And then Baby Yoda needs to stop eating things. Yeah. Right? Whether it's eggs or spiders or whatever. But, yeah. He needs to get it together because he's causing problems. <laughs> I, okay, so because of that, that's going to be like our main point for episode 10 is um, Baby Yoda eating the eggs. Because apparently that has caused some drama on the internet, oh, God. and I am... It's a story. I am so concerned for people. I'm like, are you guys okay? Like, it's... It's not that serious, first of all. Yeah, they're They're unfertilized jelly balls right now, and <laughs> he's hungry, and they're frog babies, and he eats live frogs all the time. <laughs> I'm just like, I was just... Whenever I heard that, and whenever I saw the word genocide <laughs> used with it, that's, I was like... That's how you know. I was like, he's not evil yet. We don't know. I have seen theories about Darth Baby Yoda, but not yet. Connor, do you care that he was eating eggs? (laughs) Like, Anakin Skywalker did not become Darth Vader because he had an omelet in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Baby Yoda ate the eggs. Yes, it was bad. Yes, I had emotional attachments to that, to the the frog lady and her quest, but like, (laughs) Come on. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You yeah. know what I'm saying? We're, we're all Jedi aren't vegans, I don't think. So like okay. yeah, right. <laughs> That's, That's a, an interesting theory though. Imagine yeah, it's not like the first thing that they wanted to check in in the morning. <laughs> it was just chaotic whenever I started seeing articles about that. And literally, okay, when I looked up for episode eleven, which obviously we'll get there, I was looking up the creature that we see in that on the ship, um, on the boat. And I was, I was like, what creature tried to eat Baby Yoda? And then it just bunches of articles about Baby Yoda causing genocide or eating eating eggs. Why is Baby Yoda eating eggs? And I was like, you guys, no. That's not what I cared about. This is not important. I was like, this is not it. Um, when he was flying an X-Wing, that was cool. Let's, you know, like, like let's hype that up and not talk about the X-Wing. <laughs> Seeing Dave Filoni fly the X-Wing again, that was pretty cool. Yeah, why do you guys think he didn't talk a lot? Uh, I mean, not every, I don't think every creator is going to want to, you know, just write himself out 
like to take over a scene, you know. That's what I thought. That's... Maybe he only he only wanted to just be a small part of it. Yeah, that's what I figured. I was like, Dave seems to be that kind of creator that like always is somewhere, like being Chopper and stuff. I don't know if he did anything in Avatar when he was on that, but I would assume so. But yeah, he's he's definitely like, I'm just in the background. Um, but it's cool because I'm in the background and you guys know who I am. Uh, and then we meet the, the spiders, which I found out are called Krikna. Um, eh, fun facts, I guess. I don't know what planet we're on. Do we know what planet we're on? Has anybody learned what planet the Krikna and the Falling is? No? No idea. Okay. (laughs) That's it. End of episode. (laughs) I'm out. Um, I thought it was Ilum because it's an ice planet, but that's just me being lame. I don't know. Connor? (laughs) I thought that at first as well. But I don't have anything to back that up. And Me like, neither. Eventually, I think we have to acknowledge that there's more than, like, seven planets in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Not everything happens on Tatooine. And well. <laughs> a lot of stuff happens, you know, 40% of the episodes happen on Tatooine. <laughs> but not everything. There can be a weird spider planet, and that's okay. Yeah, and I never want to go there. Um, my friend had a good point the other day we were talking about it, and he's like, I don't think people with arachnophobia would like that. And I was like, no, probably oh not. Gosh. And I was like, I can't imagine that... I can't imagine getting through that episode with that kind of fear. That was... I mean, that was hard for me, and I'm not scared of spiders. It was horrible. <laughs> it, was it was pretty rough. Um, yeah. I feel okay. confident it wasn't Ilum because Ilum- yeah. It was technically in the unknown regions around um, this time period. That makes sense. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. They're like very outer rim-ish now. Um, the, so the X-Wings come back and help him. And then they're like, you're not under arrest, but you should be. Okay. Everything's fine. Um, I need to know, Connor, what was your favorite moment from this epi- from episode 10? If you have one, you don't have to have one. I, I, I didn't necessarily have one. It was a really okay. good episode. It built a lot of things for the character. Um, Baby Yoda was cute. Mando yeah. was trying his best. Dave Filoni was there, but I don't. I don't necessarily have like a favorite standout moment for this one. All right. Joe. Yeah. Joe. Um, my my favorite element of this episode was that um, they definitely put Mando through a grinder with. Uh, with the crash and then the way the ship's condition was when they left and spiders getting up into the ship and baby and, and no, not baby Yoda. I'm not gonna say baby Yoda, I'm gonna say the child <laughs> and the child uh, being able to uh, you know um, I don't want to say play around more but just be more of a factor in everything that's going on and yeah. then the frog lady having her <clears throat> kids like he it really shows like how he handles. I don't want to say almost in any situation, but how he really pulls himself together to um, to not just shoot things, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, my favorite moment was when Frog Lady screamed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> when, she, <laughs> when he was, like, flying down towards the planet, um, escaping the X-Wings, escaping Dave, 
and the other guy, I can't remember his name. Um, and she was straight up screaming, and it was so funny to me, and that was my one of my favorite parts. Um, okay, let's jump right into the meat of season four, so far. What I would consider, I know other people would consider, like, the boba thing, meat, you know, all of it is. But this has definitely been the most um, foreshadowing episode, most foreshadowed episode. Um, so I want to start off with something silly, and you guys can be like, Cheyenne, that's dumb. I'm not going to answer that. Um, what do you think Frog Lady told her husband, her, her mate, about the journey that she just went on? Joe, what do you think she did? I'm uh, no, probably just glad to have made it, if I had to be honest. I think if they had elaborated on it more, she would have uh, she would have said, you know, a lot more dialogue and then the husband would have been like like, what do you what did you do? I'm not gonna let you, you know, get the man I'm not gonna show you where the Mandalorians are or any of that. That's but, true, yeah. If she bad talked him, bad mouthed yeah. him, maybe the the frog guy would have been like, no. Um Connor, do you have any insight on their conversation? <laughs> Probably just, hey, it's, it's so good to see you, and I'm happy to be back. That's, that's, that's it. Good. She didn't yeah. say that she nearly died by spiders or no. by the Mandalorian. No, I don't think so. We won't talk about the spiders. <laughs> we, won't, we won't talk about the spiders. Not the trauma. Not her jumping like a literal frog away from the spiders. No. Um, I nearly died because I had to take a bath. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forget. Uh, so she's a little embarrassed by that. <laughs> you know, maybe. Um, the only reason I thought about that because I because again, yeah, I was like she couldn't have said anything bad about it because he they wouldn't have watched a child or maybe they would have. Um, but it was just so such a random silly thought that I had about that. Um, and then another silly thing that happens at the beginning is we meet the sweater calamari guy, sweater mon calamari guy. <laughs> Love him. He's blowing up in the cosplay community. Um, everybody is very excited to get their own Mon Calamari fisherman's sweater. Naturally. Um. Which they can now get a, like, I, I think they said, I saw a meme somewhere that it had come from a retail store somewhere. Yeah, it's off JCPenney. That is so funny. I think it's like the exact sweater, I'm not gonna lie. I don't know for sure, but I really, I really think it is. I'm dying. Um, <laughs> so... A lot of other things happen. Again, I'm trying not to do a play-by-play. Um, and we just talked about this. But that creature that tried to eat Baby Yoda, I didn't I didn't back it up in the episode. But they do say it. And I think it starts with an M. So, um, if you guys know anything about the creature, feel free to chime in about that. But that was... I don't know. Nothing. That's probably one of the most traumatizing <laughs> moments that Baby Yoda's had in this whole... Uh, series so far. Um, yeah. And Mando. I mean, Mando almost drowned in that moment. Mm-hmm. Do, do you think he should have... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Connor. No, I... Like, what is it with, with the Quorum just always going and causing trouble? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Literally everywhere. In every show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All this bloody with, with, with Mando. Right, and then, mm-hmm. you know, half the things they did in Clone Wars and stuff, it's like, guys, come on. Everybody, everybody's... Like one or two of you that, are, that aren't going to try and kill somebody or eat somebody on first sight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's very strange. That's a good point. 
<clears throat> so let's get into the the details, the deets, if you will. Um, Bokatan makes a great entrance. Um, <clears throat> I knew who who it was right away, only because it was very uh, Bo esque. <laughs> I was trying to figure out a word that <laughs> Bo esque of her to drop in like that. Uh, Connor, what what did you feel when Bokatan dropped in to save the day? Uh, it was the most hype I've been. Like, yeah. it, it, it's the most hype that I was from the season, like, you know, for, like, up to that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, um, like, first of all, you're like, crap, how is, how is Mando going to get through this? Yeah. You know, you're like, maybe Yoda's in his bassinet, he's going to be fine. Right, but how's Mando going to get out of this? And then to have somebody literally fly in and mm-hmm. save them, and it be, like, of time, like, somebody that, that is obviously very important to Mandalorians mm-hmm. and, and really just to be a character like that was so cool so cool i didn't tear up i teared up. it was nice but i did tear up <laughs> it was nice joe how did you feel i was pretty excited to see uh boca talk and especially having uh, after having seen her in clone wars fairly recently mm-hmm. i was just like oh, like they're finally bringing the the universe is crossing over in so many different ways and i love it yeah, but I can't. But I can't wait to see because we're we're not. That's not the last of her that we're going to see. She's going to be back. Yeah, not even by a, a long shot. She, uh, she's not one of my favorite characters. I do have to admit, she she isn't. But she is a really cool character. Um, yeah. Whenever I read the title, the heiress, I thought it was talking about whoever was in the cloak. But I guess, do you guys? I don't know this for sure. Do you guys? Is that her like sidekick? Mandalorian that's in the cloak. In the uh, I think so. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, because it didn't. Uh, or because I saw her later and I was just like, oh, that's that's the Mandalorian yeah. earlier. I never yeah, like the the chick in the cloak from earlier. So. Yeah, I was gonna say I didn't like stare hard enough at the girl in the cloak. I was just like, oh my god, spooky. Um, <laughs> and then saw her later and I was like, that looks like the same person. Um, right. <clears throat> so. I didn't take into account what the title meant until Bo was like, he has something that belongs to me. And they were talking about the Darksaber. And then I was like, oh my god, yeah, she is the heiress to Mandalorians. So now it all makes sense. Um, and then, just so I can like cover this before I forget, her co-Mandalorians names were Casca Reeves and Axe Wolves, or Wolves. I don't remember. Um, Costco was a part of the Night Wolves with Bo-Katan, which is an all-female Mandalorian group, which I love. That makes me super hype. Um, it makes me want to learn more. I haven't searched any of that yet, but it is something cool that I found out. Um, <clears throat> you guys, just, Connor, do me a favor and just go off about where you think this is going to go. What do you think uh, Bo's role is going to eventually be um, past this episode? And how her and the Mandalorian are gonna move forward? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So first of all, to answer the question about was Casca or Koska the the person wearing the hood? Mm-hmm. Uh, she was. So okay. like that was the the same person. Confirmed. Um, I you know a couple of fascinating things. Right. One, Bo Bo calls the Mandalorians' particular adherence to Mandalorian religion like the extremist faction. Right. Mm-hmm. So. I think just that single sentence gives you a lot of insight into, all right, you know, hey, where is it that, that Mando's coming from and how is he viewed by the rest of the people? Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's super fascinating. Um, 
think we'll see a lot of stuff on like you know, Bo bringing Din Djarin and, and and yeah, just sort of like into the fold a little bit more in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also I totally think it was it was really cool how uh, great of soldiers the Mandalorians were and how different it was from Din Djarin's uh, fighting style. Yeah, because like they hopped on the cruiser and it was. It was like, hey, three people who have very clearly been in fights before and were like clean on their corners and, and clearing out rooms and stuff. And then there was Din, who was just sort of like, hey, I'm going to figure this out and sort of crouch along and, hey, I'll take a lot of shots running down the hallway for you. So but that, was, yeah. that was super interesting to see. Just like these Mandalorians are like the warrior elite. They are, um, you know, they're, they're not going to take anything from anyone and they, they are going to be able to clear out sort of um, any rooms. I thought both of those yeah. things were interesting. Yeah, that's a really good point. I hadn't even thought about their fighting styles. Um, I definitely thought about, yeah, just their um, mannerisms in general, because obviously, like, they they showed up as a team, and all we've seen is Mandalorian as himself, but he has his own little, like, group with Grief Karga and Cardoon, so... Is, is his dynamic with them the same was kind of where my, my brain went when Bo-Katan showed up and I was like how would the Mandalorian handle being a part of something bigger because he talks about them as if he has been a part of something bigger his whole life even though he's been alone for quite some time even with all those other Mandalorians underground um, they're definitely gonna like there's gonna be a, um, a clash between the clan of Mandalorians and Moff Gideon without a doubt like and as we've seen in the next episode, which we'll get into later, <laughs> Gideon is ready. <laughs> he's, yeah. got, he's got some cards up his sleeve. Yeah. Um, and something that uh, Connor wanted to talk about, too, is something relevant to Moff Gideon, is the Darksaber. Um, and that's important. So, Connor, take it away. Yeah, I, I think it's... So, like, the, the Darksaber teaser at the end of season one mm-hmm. was really cool for everybody as a fan, like as a, as a fan. But um, it's not really important to anybody else that we've met in, in the entire series in the way that it's important to, to Bo. Yeah. Uh, because you know, her, her sister was murdered by, by Darth Maul wielding the Darksaber. Um, it, was, it was her sort of way to unite Mandalore, and obviously there's been something terrible that's happened to to take it away so mm-hmm. like I, th- I think we still need sort of a couple of different specific storylines sort of weaving their way through you know one sort of hey what's what's mando do with the child you know hey what is bo going to do to get the dark table back mm-hmm. and hey what is moff gideon going to do to to sort of take on both so yeah yeah. yeah, no, I love that perspective and that thought process behind it, because for me, I had to research the Darksaber history, because even though I had seen both Clone Wars and Rebels, it hadn't really, like, the the story of the Darksaber itself hadn't stuck with me, even though I knew its importance um, to the Mandalorians in general and the royalty of it all, um, but... I hadn't like thought through any of that. So even with the end of season one, when I saw it, I was like, that's so important to the Mandalorians. Does the Mando know about it? I was kind of just like, what's going on? Um, There wasn't really like me piecing together how it might've gotten taken away. You know what I mean? Um, So that is such an interesting thought because Bo is mad. Like Bo is pissed in this episode. Um, So I want to know how he stole it. And I know that we've never seen Casca and Axe before, but I want to know 
maybe where their relevance was before all of this, because if she's lost a lot of people and they're the only two traveling with her, what does that mean for them? You know? Um, Joe, do you have any thoughts on the dark saber before we move on? Uh, just know that it's like, well, I know it's important from watching Clone Wars, but mm-hmm. I'm very excited to see how, I mean, I, obviously after seeing Mop Gideon, uh, cut his way out of the tie fighter with it, I was like, Oh my see? gosh. So this, the show is going to, you know, dive, you know, connect with the Clone Wars in a unique way. Mm-hmm. And it's cool how um, the extra stuff outside of the films has been, how the story outside of the films has been continuing. Yeah, it's awesome. It's so, This is really, yeah. I think, bringing a lot of things together for people that didn't stay super dedicated to the movies, they, the casual fans, if you will. I'm wondering if any of them are actually, like, if they care, because I... Like, my mom cares because I dragged her into caring more recently, you know? <laughs> so I don't know if, like, oh, yeah, like, my friends that know who Ahsoka is but don't really care, don't know if they're going to be like, oh, my God, I'm going to go make all these connections. And then if it's going to make them want to watch Clone Wars or if they're just going to wait and see if the Mandalorian reveals all the important things to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, she also calls Mando, this is just, like, a thing that I took away from that moment with them um, is that she calls him a child of the watch so obviously we know she's talking about death watch um, Mm -hmm. but I want to know where they went so they like what found him made him a foundling turned him into a Mandalorian and disappeared Mm -hmm. like where where are they what's going on I'm sure we'll get more of that as this season goes on. Or maybe I wonder. Just the story in general. Yeah, I was like, maybe, I mean, maybe we'll see the past version of it, but, like, are we going to see them at all in Mandalorian? Death Watch, I mean? Mm-hmm. Only time will tell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it, I think it's so hard to know. Right? Yeah. Uh, Joe made a great point about, hey, Bo's only traveling with two other Mandalorians, right? Mm-hmm. So does that mean that there's just a way fewer? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, was you know was the group that 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 Din Djarin was a part of? Are they sort of a, a larger group, or were they more the fringe? Or is there literally nobody left? Mm-hmm. Hey, and is that really why Bo wants the dark saber? Is it to reunite everybody that was potentially knocked out in, in Mandalore and mm-hmm. all these children of the Watch? Like, um, it'll be super interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, so, yeah. and how is she going to do that? How is she going to find all of them? That's what I want to know. Um, <clears throat> that's a series in and of itself. <laughs> um, that's another podcast. Yeah, it's, really. There are so many great stories uh, that we obviously care about and that we could talk about right here um, that, that don't necessarily fall into The Mandalorian, right? It's you know, the story of Din Djarin and, and returning this child, right? Mm-hmm. But there's, there's tons of other great, great info. There's tons of other great stories that we could get out of this that, that I think make it. That's, that's almost what's more exciting to me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, something that I thought was funny, it was more of my humor that I found in this, is the Mando, at some point to Bo on the Imperial ship, says this is more than I signed up for. And I'm like, like my first thought was, that's happened every single time you've gone and done something. So why does this, why is this one different? And I know that for us, like it's different literally for us for the sheer fact of he's got to get this, he's got to get the child to his species. Um, so obviously that's why it's more than he signed up for because he can't go on another extended length journey, you know, um, that is going to require more of our energy mentally and as fans. Um, but it was just such an interesting thing that he said, cause I was like, this is, that's your life, my dude. 
Of course it's more than you signed up for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when your chip was broken, you didn't know that you were going to fight the, the mud horn, but here you are. But here you are. Yeah. Now I just The ba- baby Yoda by himself is more than you signed up for, but here you are. Can you talk about the Imperials for a second? Yeah. Because, oh, yeah. you know, we spent a lot of time talking about the Mandalorians. I love the characterization of the Imperials. Mm-hmm. Um, and almost as like, yeah, zealots is the only word that I can think of to mm-hmm. describe it. Because it's, you know, the, the end of... Um, you know, Battle of Andor and, and the second Death Star was destroyed and we've got all this other stuff that sort of talks about, hey, what the Empire did in, in uh, Project Extender, is that right? Um, you know, mm-hmm. the, uh, I think mm-hmm. that's what it was, Project Extender. Yeah, and like the Battle of Jakku. Yeah. Like, here we see, yeah, here we see like people that are still sort of trying to carry out the mission of the Empire and they're doing it and they don't care sort of like what the costs are. They're like willing to, they're willing to die for it. Um, much more so than I think any, any anybody in the Empire was sort of either in Rebels or in Episodes four through six. Yeah, way more. Um, which is which is very interesting. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I definitely I'm curious to know like a how did you end up getting this job in this specific area? But also I'm curious because this is five years after the technical fall of the Empire, correct? That's when the Mando was set. Mm-hmm. So, is this literal remnants of the Empire that survived, or is, isn't this the point in, not Bloodline, or, yeah, Bloodline, where the First Order is being formed, and they're just calling themselves the Empire, so that they're not giving themselves away. Does that make sense? No, I think I know where you're going. Because, and the, the the girl, the female officer, which is the reason that gave me this thought, because I was like, oh yeah, remnants of the Empire. Like, they're just leftovers, and people like Moff Gideon were like, let's band together and and keep going and keep doing what Emperor Palpatine wanted to do. Because that also makes sense. That's definitely a feasible option. But when the female officer showed up, and I was just kind of like, they don't have females in the Empire. What is this? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, do you guys agree with that? Do you guys think it is just remnants of the Empire? Or do you guys think that this might be the First Order under the guise of it? What's your thoughts, Joe? I think it's definitely more of a remnants of the Empire thing, right? at least right now. But mm-hmm. um, but who's to say? Because um, I think uh, at this point, um, Ben Solo would have been fairly young. Is right? He? Yeah, I think. So, I don't so know. unless they've been planning the, the First Order Rising for decades, then um, I That's think it's, fair. I currently just think it's, you know, some, like, powerful quarters of the Empire just trying to, um... Research. Claw for life. Claw for life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're, trying, they're, they're trying to survive. Yeah. So here's some fascinating stuff for you. Okay, so, I'm ready. So the Battle of Ondor happens... Yes in four year four after the battle of yavin yes um the battle of jakku which is um sort of what's widely regarded as the complete fall of the empire like the main empire forces and, mm-hmm. and most of their star destroyers routed by the new republic that happened in five after the battle of yavin okay um mandalorian is set in five after the battle of yavin right and Ben solo was born in five after the battle of yavin so 
all these things <laughs> are happening at the same time. Yeah. I, I feel I feel like like the the empire that we see is not the large force that was defeated at the Battle of Jakku. Right. Um, these are like these are literally just the, the scattered rooms. Yeah. Yep. And I don't think that we'll see them go and become the first order, right? Because mm-hmm. you know, there's there's a lot of really great there's a lot of really great stuff that talks about hey how the first order just literally appeared in the unknown mm-hmm. regions, or they they disappeared in the unknown regions. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we might see towards the end of the Mandalorian. But yeah, um, so many issues really happening all right around the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. As I say, there's just so much going on. Mm-hmm. Um, let me make sure I don't miss anything. Okay, so. Um, another spicy moment of this episode is learning that Ahsoka Tano is on the city of Caladon on, in Corvus, on Corvus. I think I said all of that wrong. I, I did, I can't use a bad word. I peed my pants. (laughs) I was losing my mind. I literally, because as soon as Bo showed up, Ahsoka was not even on my mind. I was just like, oh my god, Bo-Katan, like, she's gonna show him what it's like to be a real Mandalorian, like, here we go, and then, well, I had a few confusing moments, too, so he was like, I have to take him to the Jedi, and I was like, does he think that the Jedi is the name of his species? That was a thought that I had, because I was like, that's not right. Um, but he did, he did know, he was told that they were, like, wizards or whatever, um, so maybe he didn't think that they were his species, and he just said Jedi because that's also what he was correlating. He's like, if I get him to the Jedi, they'll get him to the species, or vice versa. Um, so that might have just been, like, word usage that he messed up, for lack of a better word. Um, so again, wasn't thinking about any of that, but obviously because Bo does know who the actual Jedi are, she was like, Ahsoka, and I was, I, it was game over for me, I was freaking out. Um, Connor, let me know what what was up in that moment for you. Yeah, I'm totally freaked out too. Um, yeah, Ahsoka is is one of those characters that uh, when Clone Wars first came out, um, you know, you watch like the Clone Wars movie and you're like, who the heck is this Snips person and why? 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 <laughs> and then you watch all the Clone Wars and then you watch Rebels too, and you just completely love the character, mm-hmm. right? And, and, love exactly what she stands for and how she sort of like takes takes no nonsense from anybody um and so yeah the the fact that mandalorian was going to go see ahsoka in live action pretty awesome mm-hmm. really fascinated i um, i again the the timeline is going to be so interesting on this because the end of rebels right ends with ahsoka and Sabine joining up to go and find ezra yeah and that happened right after the Battle of Yavin, mm-hmm. or right after the, the Battle of Andor, right? So, yes. So, like, on the timeline, does that end credit scene in Rebels happen before uh, the events of the Mandalorian, or does it happen after mm-hmm. the events that we're going through in Mandalorian? Um, yeah. Like I said, after, um, which is interesting, but. Yeah. Well, and I wonder, I wonder if, if, if it did happen before and she's on wherever she's on, if she's still in the middle of her search for Ezra or if she's, there's options. She's in the middle of her search for Ezra and that's where they happen to be. And then we see Sabine too. That would be amazing. Or if they already found Ezra, so now she's settling somewhere or on a new mission 
or if they found him and he's there with them. <laughs> Which, in case we would see both of them, Sabine yeah. and Ezra and Ahsoka. Yeah. That totally would be unclear. a and, lot. And super exciting to think about. Yeah. yeah that would be sure. a lot. That would be, like, m- so much stimulation. I don't know if they could do that to Star Wars fans. <laughs> um, <laughs> Joe, how did you feel when Ahsoka was well, revealed? I like Ahsoka a lot, and whenever I watch her in Clone Wars, and um, and what I'd see, what I've seen of Rebels, I appreciate the character. Mm-hmm. And um, when I did hear her name drop, that's what like what got when I started thinking of was there's going to be a lightsaber fight, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just all all that different kind of hype. But I'm excited to see how they're going to handle um, the rest of the season with her being a factor and if there's going to be more conflict created because of the Mandalorian's um, attachment to the child Mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, and I have a theory, but I'm not going to say it because if I say it and it doesn't come true, I'm going to sound stupid. So (laughs) I'm just going to wait and see what happens. Okay. Well, I'm going to get that theory out of you at some point because that's interesting. Um, Maybe maybe off the record. (laughs) (laughs) Off the record. Um, Yeah, I... It's just, it's a lot of, like, a waiting game. Do you guys think, um, do you guys think that we are going to get an answer soon, or that it's going to be the last episode of the season? Connor, what do you think? I I would be so bummed if it was the last episode of the season. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'm more inclined to end on a cliffhanger related to the fight with the Empire than we are are something about Ahsoka. Yeah. I like that. Joe? I think we'll probably end up getting a cliffhanger, maybe. But um, but it's going to be more positive than the last one. Yeah. That's fair. (laughs) Positivity in the last one. That's fair. I do wonder when she's going to show up, if it's going to be this season, if it's going to be next season, if it's going to be the last episode, if it's going to be the next episode. But that, honestly, that's the big, that's the major thing keeping me on my toes this season. Because last season I was just like, we're getting into the Mandalorian, we're finding out who he is, this is awesome, yay. And now I'm like, oh my god, like when? What's gonna happen? And honestly, that's also a bad thing, because that's what happened to me after episode 11. Um, I got really hype, and I was like, there's no way they're gonna just answer that question immediately after. So I tried to talk my down off myself down off the ledge of, oh my god, Ahsoka, 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 she's coming so soon, so that I would be prepared to be disappointed by episode 12, which I was. <laughs> um, not in the episode of in and of itself, obviously, but for the sheer excitement of Ahsoka, I built myself up and tore myself down all in one setting. So, it's fine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of episode 12, let's talk about it. Um, again, we won't spend super long on this one, but we will still mention a few things. Um, this one is called The Siege. Uh, I don't know in what way this would be considered a siege. Um, but I guess it kind of is of that, of that, uh, base, you know? Um, so he, the Mon Calamari mostly fixed his ship, but it's still like putzing along. So he was like, let's stop in and see some friends, um, on Navarro, which is, I guess now their home planet. Um, it was originally very like Mos Eisley like overall. Um, and they decided, no, let's stay here and fix it up. I th- they had that conversation in season one, too. So they, like, let us know that that's what they were doing. Um, 
and we end up there. But cute moments that I have to mention because it's just part of who I am <laughs> is that when they're on the ship and they're on the way to Navarro and he's doing the red and blue wire thing, super cheesy. Joe, just like you said earlier, like him including the baby Yoda in the story more. Um, so there's actually like factors at play and he's not just carrying him around. He's still mostly doing that, obviously. Yeah. But the red yeah, and the blue wire absolutely. thing was funny only because he followed it up with, are you okay? <laughs> and I was like, that's so cute. He's so concerned. Um, and then they took... This is something I didn't notice the first time, which is why I think it's super cute now. They took a simultaneous sip of broth together. And it was so <laughs> precious. If you didn't see it, go back and watch just, it. Because it's awesome. It's super cute. Definitely father and son. Yeah, it was so cute. Okay, I'm fine. I'm off my cute soapbox. Um, so... These creatures, I don't remember the name of their species, are now living in the Armor's Forge area. Am I correct? That's that space? I think. <laughs> the, uh, the big, yeah, like, thing where they were making food is what gave it away for me. Um, uh, okay. And Cardoon is revealed as the Marshal. Yay. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, you're right. You're mm -hmm. right about the Armor part. Yeah. It just looked yeah. like that same space, so I was like, I think no, that's where they are. It was, because in, that shot, or in one of the shots uh, leading into it, you see the, um, like the dust mark from where the, um, the skull used to be. Ooh. Oh. You remember that? No, I missed it. I mean, I remember it, but I missed it entirely. I didn't even see that. Okay, well, yeah, that, that's what told me that, um, you know, the armor Mandalorian had left, mm -hmm. and... And then, you know, that they had taken it over, and I thought that was cool. Yeah, so, I do love that. Um, yeah, way, to keep, way to keep it in the universe. Yeah. Um, so, what's-her-face? I don't remember her name. Gina Carano. <laughs> um, got her time to shine and got to beat some people up oh as, God, as her previous career um, required. So, I think that's cool. I think it's cool that she got to showcase her talents. Um but that's all I'm going to say about her. Uh, <laughs> then we get to see Baby Yoda go to school <laughs> and steal some macaroons. Um, my question for you guys about that, I know it's like that's such a small moment to matter, but Connor, why do you think we haven't seen a lot of force using in these episodes so far? Uh, you know, I think one of the cool things about Mandalorian is that it's not just a ton of force users mm -hmm. going wild on each other. Um, the force is like this thing that's just completely foreign to so many of the people in the universe, right? Mm -hmm. So it's it's cool to see hey, just people going about their lives without it. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think I don't think the child is very good at controlling his, his usage of the force, no. right? And, uh, and so you know, him going and grabbing the macaroons is is uh, sort of a rarity instead of sort of something that he does every day, but, right? Yeah, I like that. Joe, why do you think we haven't seen a lot of force from him this season so far? Uh, well, maybe it could just be a filmmaking tactic because, you know, some movies and shows like to build suspension and like to, because um, I feel like if they use the force too much, then we're just going to get to the point where it's like, oh, he's using the force again. But, um, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, if, it's, but if uh, you take a little time and, you know, kind of distract him from the force, that that builds the moment that it's used again to be something more and more significant in the show. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair too. I really had no answer. I wanted to know what you guys thought. 
Um, I was just like, oh, like I guess we haven't seen him use that. Because I only questioned it after I saw him steal the macaroons. And I was like, he hasn't done that yet. Because um, there have been times where he definitely could have. Um, yeah. Also, spiders. <laughs> Hello. Um, but, like Connor said, like he's not very good at it, so... Maybe better for everybody involved that he didn't do anything. Yeah, you can use it on rather large animals and fire and macaroons. And those are his limitations. That's but, it. So. That's the only thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, so then we're... I'm kind of jumping around, but um, we meet Mithral again, which is from episode one of season one. Um, and he, like, expels this weird dust from his body. <laughs> because he's so nervous. I think that's his form of flatulence. Or flatulence. <laughs> it's so crazy. I they think oh, of funny. literally everything when it comes to Star Wars and like creatures and characters, and I'm fascinated by it. Um, and Mithral is one of those people. He's definitely like a a moment of humorous relief in most, mm-hmm. if not all, of his moments. Um, yeah. But that one was great. Yeah, um, it was a topper. Yeah, really. Uh, so, more of the, again, that was just kind of a side moment that I wanted to mention. This is one of the questions that I had about episode 12, is the Mando really is willing to help um, Grief Karga and Cara Dune. And I know that they're friends, and they've built this relationship through like what we see in season one and stuff, but he was really willing to help them. Um, well, not really, but like willing to help them in a more... Um, yeah, okay manner, rather than when Bo needed his help. And I feel like he's been looking for other Mandos for so long. That's been, like, a very ma- a major part of his journey. Um, and even though Bo is not the same type of Mandalorian, she obviously is also not worried that he thinks that they're not real Mandalorians, you know? Yeah. Do you guys think it matters that, that he wasn't as willing to help Bo, or that he's more willing to help people like Grief and Kara who have technically been like scummy people in no, recent he's times. He's got history with, with grief and Kara. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they've sort of been through the grinder together and figured mm-hmm. things out. Um, Bo, he would have gone his entire life looking for a Mandalorian and then you know, for him to find out, oh wait, they're not exactly what I thought they were. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's unreasonable for him to be sort of upset yeah. immediately yeah. retreat to think Things. Yeah, that's fair, Joe. Same same deal, different. Yeah, I, I, agree, I agree with that. I think um, Mando still has some stuff to learn because he's not even you know like I don't think he's fully aware of Mandal- of all the Mandalorian traditions because they are definitely um, I, I think that their rules differ by their clans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that that could also be a factor, but um, we'll see how uh, when more Mandalorians come into play how that comes together. Yeah, that's true. I, I definitely appreciated that he was more apt to be, to help grief and Kara because like, like I said, those are his friends. He literally, he didn't really have any before then. Um, and they had built this relationship through all these tough times they've been through. So I was like, Oh yeah. And then I was just, that's kind of where the question came from. I was like, well, Bo's a Mandalorian. He really wanted that, but not enough. And there's not that relationship there. And it questioned everything he thought he knew about, himself um so it's fair of him to not immediately jump in that um make sure i don't miss anything oh 
This is an interesting thing that I hadn't... Well, I did think about it in the moment, but hadn't revisited. The scout troopers, which I guess are another name for the bike troopers. Yeah. Listen, where did that come from? The scout troopers? Yeah, they still... They <laughs> Let me bag it up a little bit. So, they escape from this Imperial base, which we'll talk about in a minute, but... They escape from the Imperial base, and the scout troopers, the bike troopers, literally just fly off the cliff on their bikes. That was awesome. I very much appreciated it. Huh? Yeah, they have the full send. Like, yeah, whatever, we'll chase them. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, game over, whatever, man. This is our job. And they... (laughs) So, my first thought was, how did they do that when in Return of the Jedi, they literally, like, looked around and blew up by running into a tree? But... (laughs) Technically, they still did the same thing in this because two of them were like right next to each other, and they both ran into rocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very on brand at this point. <laughs> yeah, very, very on brand with the uh, missing your shots and then yeah. Yeah, yeah. not being uh, on a too uh, too articulate. Yeah, being too coordinated, <laughs> being completely unaware of your surroundings, crashing into stuff. Yeah, not being able there's a reason to... the main characters yeah. go be mindful of your surroundings. Yeah, really. I just, that was such an interesting moment. Because at first I was like, oh my god, where did that come from? How did they, they don't do that. They're not that skilled to just be flying off cliffs. Um, And then they blew themselves up and I was like, oh, there it is. (laughs) Oh, there's their usual character. There it is, yeah. Um, Okay, I think, I think I only have one more important thing to really say. No, two more. My unimportant thing that's left for this is baby puke. Oh my god. That, that was disgusting. That was so funny. I was like, what's going like, on? What do, you expect, what do you expect? It's a child. I was so excited about his flying skills, and when they went in and Baby Yoda was like having a good time on that shot, and I was like, nah, he's like spinning in circles. This is not a good time. This sucks. And then a flashback, and then he puked, and I was like, yeah. That's gross. <laughs> <laughs> I literally asked for it, but it was disgusting. Um,. <laughs> Okay, so my two final important things before I get to you guys' final thoughts on everything. Um, The conversation between Kara and the rebel pilot, again, don't remember his name. Um, They, he talked about, like, we could use your help. Um, He knows that she's from Alderaan. He knows that she's faced loss. Um, He also knows that she's the reason that Navarro is getting cleaned up. What kind of foreshadowing do you think that leads to? What do you think Kara's future is in the story? Um, does it have anything to do with the rebellion, which I guess is the New Republic now? Joe. She may have, uh, she may play into the New Republic in some degree, but think? Um, I don't as to whether uh, she will be alive longer to contribute to the next resistance or rebellion. That's fair. We'll find out. Yeah, Connor, Kara's future. Yeah, hard to say. Um, I think she's she'll be on Navarro for a while. I definitely think so too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm curious to know if if her time on Navarro is going to just kind of bring her back down from those thoughts that she was likely having. Because when he set down that little rebel symbol, I mean, she was feeling it. You know, yeah. um, she was like, "Oh my god!" Like, what? I thought I left all this behind. That was my goal, and now he's bringing up all these emotions. Um, her character seems like she's going to be one that just shoves it down <laughs> anyways. 
But she's, I feel like she's also going to snatch that medal up and hold on to it and then be considering other things in the future. So, yeah. curious to see what happens. Yeah, totally see all this pointing towards another confrontation with the Empire, right? And yeah. Obviously, that's something that's, that's so close to her character and, um, and so many of the others there. You know, she'll do whatever she can to defend her. Yeah, so. for sure. Um, final thing is... Like Joe mentioned earlier, Moff Gideon is prepared. Um, my question for you about that preparation moment, um, it opens up, there's steam and fog and spooky things happening, and there's a bunch of TIE pilot suits, but are they suits? Are they people? Are they droids in suits? What What are your thoughts, Connor? You're smiling. <laughs> are you going to take it? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're totally they're they're like they're definitely dark troopers. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. So stormtroopers that um, were given some ability to use the force or like precognition <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, they, so okay, so I think there's two things at play here, right? One is one is dark troopers, right? So Moff Gideon's definitely trying to put together an elite force for something. Right, and Baby Yoda is is sort of the, the child is sort of the central part of that. Right, that part right. we saw. So we saw the scientists um, talking about like the test subject and, and mm-hmm. the, how they were trying to use blood. So I heard him talk about M count, mm-hmm. right? which you know the M word has been such a bad word for Star Wars fans for the last fifteen years. But I think it's safe to say now that um, you know that midi florians are are somewhat important. <laughs> Maybe not in the way that Qui-Gon described them or the Jedi understood them to be, but yeah. like they're very interesting mm-hmm. story there. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, I, I have more thoughts on the M-Count stuff, but Joe, do you want to talk about Dark Troopers? Or, or? Uh, I'm not too knowledgeable of Dark Troopers, but until you mentioned that they have some precognitive uh, force ability or potentially can, so I'm, I'm curious to see how much of a challenge they're going to put up. Yeah, I've ne- literally never heard of them. So, thank you both for that <laughs> new knowledge. Holy crap. Well, you can thank Connor. Connor's the <laughs> um, Connor, I want to know more about your thoughts on the M-Count thing. What's up? Okay. So, I, you know, I, I'm a big fan of, 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 well, okay. So, I'm very uh, aware of music that's happening in Star Wars. Right? Yes. As I feel like most of it's hard, right? It's such an important part of the universe. Um, the... The theme that we hear in Revenge of the Sith at the opera scene, when we're talking about Darth Plagueis the Wise, is the same theme that we hear sort of when Snoke is talking, right? It, it, during episodes seven and eight, right? When, when we have just sort of one-on-ones with Snoke. Yes. Um, that same sort of feeling and, and that same sort of sound is the same sound that we get when um, when the gang is looking at at the research or the, or the little floating body in the in the back to um so it's that same sort of like whatever yes and so at first my first thought was oh crap they're making snoop like they are they are doing some of this sort of sith magic or alchemy Mm -hmm. or whatever it is pippin calls it in in the rise of skywalker Mm -hmm. Um, something like something like that is happening here um but it's actually mary (laughs) is it mary yeah so mary right (laughs) I'm sorry, I didn't want to actually do that to you, but 
here we are. No, that's great. That cracks me up. Oh my it god. Sounds funnier, and I feel like it's a it's a, a more distinct name than. than but if it's married, I'm gonna make sure that I use the right name. Correct. Um, but yeah, same same song. I like or same general tenor. I I'd be fascinated to find out that some of the child's blood turns into something related to the Sith Eternal Emperor. Yeah, that's I. I would like to think that I'm aware of Star Wars music, but I only am sometimes. <laughs> I need to be better about it. But that's it's. It is always. It is always a good highlight of past and present things. Every time, you know. Yeah. Um, I. I. My brain usually can register across the stars in almost anything. If like if it's present in there, um, I immediately am like, huh. <laughs> Oh my god. You know, it's just one of those one of the songs that has lived with me. Um okay, I think that's it. Do you Joe, do you have any final thoughts on what we've seen so far in Mandalorian season 2? I just can't wait to see what else is coming. And I I've already been hyped up enough that uh, I thought Carl Weathers did a great job at the last episode and the direction, the action direction and I I look forward to the future, and I can't wait to see what Dave Filoni has to bring for us on Friday. Hell yeah. Connor? Oh yeah. Yeah, this is this is some of the best Star Wars-related content that we've had in, in a very long time, and I love it. I'm here for it every week, uh, and I'm, I'm super into the way that it, it brings together all these different elements of, of like the Star Wars universe mm-hmm. um, without necessarily being in your face. Uh, and without everything having sort of galactic consequences every time yeah. something happens. Yeah. Right. The main thing with like the movies, like everything's life or death, you know, this is this is sort of, this feels lower stakes, but it's also just adds to much universe. I, I love, it. love it. Yeah. I do. That's such a good point. <laughs> There's no galactic consequences. Yeah. That's so important. Yeah. Um like even the even the dark saber isn't really like there's no galactic consequence like it's just like a just form of lightsaber that he happens to have but for Bo-Katan it means so much more which is why that part of the story is important you know um, yeah. I really appreciate you both coming on here and talking Mando with me um, you course. guys are always welcome to talk Star Wars with me um, I am gonna be thinking up some more topics soon so I'll reach out to you guys if you have some free time please feel free to come back. Um, Joe, do you want to tell people where they can find you on social media? Yeah, you can find me on uh, Facebook as Joe Bass or on social media, or not, sorry, uh, on Instagram as, um, I think I changed, no, yeah, I changed it recently, but it's that Wizard King. Wizard <laughs> King. Uh, Connor, I know you're not often on social media, so I'll just tell the people that if you brought up a topic that they want to talk to you about, that they can reach out to me. Sound good? Yeah, that sounds great. Great. <laughs> discussion so you can find him on email <laughs> <laughs> yeah um you guys can find me personally at cjerica on instagram and cjerica95 on twitter i'm not super active on twitter but it's fun um <laughs> and yeah and uh you can read my blogs at the kyberkrystal.wordpress.com crystal has two l's in it um i have not been active on there recently i probably won't be for some time but there is quite a bit of past content um, and the Kessel Run Weekly website also has some blog content. So please make sure you follow the main channel um, at Kessel Run Weekly on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can visit that website, like I said. There's some book reviews, some blog posts, and all of our podcast episodes. 
Um, we have the YouTube channel up and running for a little bit. Um, Connor and Joe are on there as well because they were on my game show. Um, it was very cheesy and fun, and it was a really good experience. So hopefully we'll have more of those in the future. Um, I think that's it. Thank you both again so much for joining me. <laughs> Thank um, you both for joining me, and may the force be with you. And also with you. <laughs> <laughs>